Hello everyone and welcome back to Real Talk Tuesdays. As always, I'm Tabby. And I'm Ashley. And today's episode (laughs) is a juicy one. No! It is consequences of drug abuse and addiction and recovery. Yes. But before we get into today's episode, we have... Important announcement. Yes. We are soon going to be having t-shirts and we are going to do a giveaway so with throughout the episode there will be a code word yes and how to win the episode is to listen and you're going to go on our facebook comment on today's podcast what the code word was mm-hmm. like it and share it but you have to do all three yeah you have to do all three for your name to be entered into the contest and you will have 24 hours yep and then we'll pick a person. Yes. And you'll get a t-shirt. The very first merch. Yes. Real Talk Tuesday t-shirt. And then later in life, we will have them for sale as well. And this is original. Uh, we worked really hard designing yeah, this. We designed it ourselves. Yeah. So, so we're excited. I'm super stoked. Pay attention to the Facebook feed and Twitter because we're going to post a picture of it. Yes. Okay. Let's get into this episode. Oh my god. And this episode might sound more like an interview type of thing but we're gonna try not to have it like that yeah because this is only a one side right episode right because tabby you haven't struggled with drugs right no never. not yet not yet okay. <laughs> this is what you're gonna look forward to <laughs> yes i can't wait okay how old were you when you started using drugs um well, I started drinking when I was, like, 12-ish, but really into, like, <clears throat> hardcore drugs when I was, like, 15, 14, 15-ish. Okay. Okay. And, like, how long... How long would you... How long were your, like, binges? Like... Um, okay, so... Explain what a binge is. Like, periods of hardcore use. That's my... To me, that's my binge. Okay. And then you would, like, try to get clean or slow down kind of gotcha and then get back on them okay because I have like two really bad binges and the first one lasted about three years and then I I stopped for a couple months and then the second one was about two or three years and then I went to prison okay my next question is, did you get in trouble? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I did. What, like, what led you into going to prison? Like, what happened? Okay. Tell us the tea. Okay. Early drug abuse. This is what it looked like for me every day. So, I was, I dropped out of high school. I got with my son's father. This was towards the end, right before I was going in. I got with him. We started, like, ripping people off and selling drugs just so that we could get money to use. We, he, he was cheating on me, so I left him. I lost my apartment, and I moved out of town where I was staying at. And I got with, um, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I got with an older guy. He was, like, 50. Okay. And I, I was not even 20 yet at the time of this happening. So that's pretty fucking embarrassing. But you didn't give it to him because you liked him. Right. Yeah, I just, you just, you just he wanted... was a drug dealer. Okay. Yeah. So I moved in with him. 
Um, and during this time, I didn't have my son a whole lot. Like, I would pawn him off at different places. Like, I wouldn't take care of him. But, um, so I was living in this new town with this guy. And I was doing, like, the worst of the worst. Probably the my rock bottom, for sure. So, um... Wait, wait, wait. Let me back up. Let me back up. Before I moved, um, my electricity was getting shut off at my apartment. My water was getting shut off at my apartment. So I got a notice from the electric company saying they were going to come and turn terminate my electric. So I was like, shit, you know, like, I don't have enough money. I don't want to spend my money on the bill. I want to get high. So I had this friend and I was like, hey, this is the perfect idea, guys. Listen, there's a bunch of just riffraff like staying with me like just people looking for a place to stay so I let them stay because <laughs> I was an idiot and <coughs> I was like it was two of my friends I was like hey will you when you will you stay here until the electric company comes when they come I want you to flip my meter so that I can have electricity and then I'm gonna tell my grandma like hey I need this much money to pay my electric bill and we'll just go get high well, crazy, the electric company never came that day. So I was like, I couldn't tell my grandma I didn't have electricity. She would have came over and saw that I had electricity. So we were out of money, out of drugs. So my, my drug dealer, I called them up. I was like, I have this perfect idea, guys. Why don't we go get a gun from my one friend's grandpa's house? He's going to say he needs it so he can go hunting. Okay? Okay. So, we'll go there, and then I'm going to call my drug dealer, see how much drugs they have on them. And, you know, I'll call them, tell them that I have somebody that has a bunch of money that wants to take all of their stuff, like buy the whole stash that they have, and that way I can see how much money, how much drugs we're going to get. From this, okay? Okay. So this is a perfect idea, right? Sounds like a movie or something. <laughs> so I call them. They were like, yeah, we have blah, blah, blah amounts. I don't want to get into like right. that. Okay. It's going to cost blah, blah, blah amount of money. We'll give you a break because you're buying it all, blah, blah, blah. So we go. Go get the gun so that so-and-so can go shooting, hunting, because we didn't want to, like, incriminate ourselves with, you know, grandparents right. and stuff like that. So we had this all planned out. I had this all planned out. So we went. I took him to go get the gun. And then on the way back into town, we we pull up, like, two streets over. And remind you, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, my Daylight. Gosh. Daylight. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, if we park, park two streets over, no one's going to see. But these dudes are carrying, we're carrying a gun, walking two streets over to the drug dealer's house, right? I don't, I'm retarded, okay? So we go in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, they have two phones. You need to make sure you get both phones so that they can't call. I wasn't worried about the neighbors, you know, seeing us go in this house. <laughs> You're not worried about the phones. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, get both phones so that we don't, can't, they can't call us. You know, they can't call the cops on us. So, like, we're going to get away with this. Right? Yeah. Right. Of course. No. <laughs> there was neighbors out watching all of this happen. They ended up calling the cops on us. And so, we make it out there. We get the drugs. 
um, we go back to my, my apartment. We split all of the drugs up evenly between us three. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, it's fine, you know? We got away with it. It's cool. We saw, we heard the sirens, so we knew that they were on their way, but they didn't see us there. So we were like, oh, we did it. <laughs> Perfect plan. <laughs> and so uh, two days later, my the one guy got arrested because he had visible tattoos. He wore shorts because an idiot. He had leg tattoos. They identified him by his leg tattoos. Idiots. <laughs> so... Um, then the other person got arrested because he just went around like telling everybody dumb. So I was like, I'm getting the F out leaving this town. I can't, I'm about to be arrested too, because it's just a matter of time before they say my name. Right. And they knew everyone knew those two were staying at my house. So putting pieces together, I have the car. D duh. Okay. So I left and then that's when I moved in with the older guy my drug dealer so yeah it's the worst worst of the worst I got I was on the run for three months and then they finally caught me because I was on probation already for assault for beating up some other girl and so they finally found me because I called in my probation officer like an idiot saying that I, I changed my address <laughs> I'm an idiot okay I'm an idiot so they finally came and got me and um, I got arrested and I had never been in like felony trouble before. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go see the judge the next day and I'm gonna be like, hey, just let me out on, on a OR bond. Like just let me out until I have to go to trial or sentencing, you know, like they do on TV. Right. I said that and he was like, laughed at me. <laughs> he was like, yeah, right, dude, you, you burglarized someone, you held them against their will, which is kidnapping. And you cannot, you cannot just go free on the streets, you idiots. <laughs> so yeah, I sat in jail forever till I had to be sentenced. Yeah, I was in, I was in jail for six months. They did my PSI, which is pre-sentence investigation. And then they sentenced me and it was a total of six months in jail. And then I got sentenced to four years in prison. I did two got out on good behavior and then I did three years on parole well I'm glad you were good in there yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god that's crazy I know I never heard like the details all I know is I thought I was kidnapped someone <laughs> listen I have to tell you already know but I have to tell people so in my motion of discovery which motion of discovery is like all like the evidence and everything that they can that they have on you that and they send it to your attorney so that your attorney can review it to see if you go to trial what evidence they have against you and how to build their case right against the prosecutor so I got my motion of discovery I was poor I was broke my parents were my every my family were like you're an idiot. You're on drugs. No, we're not going to fork out a bunch of money for an attorney. They can't really afford it. They were taking care of my son. So I, I got a state, like, defendant, a defender, whatever. And so, so she just sent me a copy of it. And I'm in my jail cell reading, like, this 
freaking book, like 400 page motion discovery because they interviewed me, the detectives interviewed me like two different times. And at the time I was not a crime junkie, so I didn't know. And a word of advice, if you ever get in trouble, you can always leave. If they go and they ask you, like, want to talk to you, be like, I don't want to talk to you, I want to go. Do that. Make sure you say that, because you can just walk out. I didn't know that. As long as you haven't, like, been, you're going to jail. Right, right. Okay. I didn't know that, so I was just willingly giving this lie, this lie, like, making up all these lies, like, to get them off my case. But, so the, the detective in my motion of discovery said sat down with Ashley today and I don't think this girl would know the truth if it fell out of the sky and hit her in the head. I was like, oh my god, you asshole. (laughs) They said that? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, my hands are like sweaty because of remembering all this. Yeah. Well, I still love you. Thank you. You're welcome. Was prison like TV shows? The only TV show that is comparable to prison is Orange is the New Black. Okay. Because, you know, like Piper, the character that she is based on really went to prison. Yeah, she really went to jail. Yeah. So, besides like all of the drama parts, like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's pretty much that's prison. So there's like the little cubby rooms with the beds, mm-hmm. and then like, are there? Well, <clears throat> not the prison I was in. They had walls, but like there wasn't like dividing walls. It was just like one wall, and then bunk bed, bunk bed, bunk bed, bunk bed, a wall, okay. and then another bay, wall, bunk bed, bunk bed. Okay, gotcha. And there was no stall doors or shower doors. You were you go in this big room and it's just toilets and everyone's taking a shit. Was that like uncomfortable at first? Or were you just like... "Eh." In jail because it's the same in jail. So by the time I got to prison it was like second nature nature to me. Right. What did you like have to eat there? Ugh. Their food is disgusting. Well I imagine they don't like feed you lobster. No. It was, like, called mystery meat. And, like, on the cans and stuff, it said not for human consumption. But yeah. they fed it to you. Yeah, but I never ate in chow. I okay. always had, like, cooked at my cottage or my my dorm. From commissary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's... Ugh. And, like, milk. Wait, I have to explain milk. You're not allowed to bring anything from chow back to your, like, cottage or dorm. Okay. So everything that you had there, you had to keep there. But I drink coffee, iced coffee, and I needed the milk for creamer, so I'd always, like, put it in my bra. Duh. Because guess how they came? In bags. Like, was it powdered milk or liquid milk? Liquid milk in clear bags. Like, little triangle. Like, smaller than sandwich bags. It's weird. That sounds horrible. Everyone should just go to, go to prison to experience it. It's definitely... I mean, watching Orange is the New Black kind of made me want to go because it looked fun. It wasn't bad. <clears throat> the prison I was in wasn't bad. I mean, there was a lot of bullshit gangs and, like, violent people. But, like, it was literally, like, out here, like, a community, but inside walls and you can never leave. 
like you got to go shop you got to go out and play baseball basketball like yoga all that stuff okay so you had tvs you had radio okay i gotcha i gotcha what was it like re-entering our community okay (laughs) the hardest part that i had to get used to was bathroom because it was it's such a weird situation when you're like you're in a dorm of like 600 girls and there's only two COs, two correction officers for 600 people. Mm. And what they do is like they sit in this little box and then here's a day room off of the box and then back there's all the women. Okay. So like they don't even mess with you. So it's just like really weird. But when you're in prison to avoid like spreading diseases and like being gross and like more hygienic you take your own toilet paper to the bathroom okay so they, they give you toilet paper every week and you just take the roll with you and you use it you take it back to your bed wash your hands blah 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 so I wanted to do that when I got out like because you're used to it yeah like so I would take the roll of toilet paper back to my bedroom <laughs> my mom was like I swear I put toilet paper in here <laughs> Um, was it hard, like, being accepted by people, knowing that yeah. you were yeah. a felon? Um, thankfully, I was able to have a job right when I got out because my mom was a manager. So I, that wasn't too hard. Um, I wanted to get my own place, and a lot of people won't rent to felons. Like, they do background checks to see if you have evictions. And they won't rent you places to live. Um, it's hard to get loans mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So, yeah, that was the, that was the toughest part. But, um, yeah. I bet that's tough. And that's still, like, that yeah. would still happen to you today if yep. you had to get a background check. Yeah, because, so this happened in 2009. I got out in 2011. So it's been almost 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah, Almost show. 10 years since I've been out. But it's been over 10 years since I committed my crime. So. Okay. Um, did you have to do any community services? Yeah, three years. What did you, did you have to, were you that person that's like picking up trash on the side of the highway? No, uh, you could get community hours, like work, <clears throat> working like um, anywhere. You could like get it through churches, get it through like AA and all that stuff. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was just like, yeah, you had to go pick up trash on the side. As long as it's approved by your parole officer, then yeah, you can do community service wherever. Was it hard to find like a man, a lover? A good one, yeah. But hey, you did it. I know I did it. I'm married now. You are married now. And custody of your child. Was that hard after prison? Yeah, that was probably the hardest thing. Um, I think that, to me, was more more difficult than staying clean, was getting my son back. It took me six years Damn. of a court battle to get him back, to prove to the judge, prove to his, um, his guardian that I wasn't going to get high anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was six years. And did they bring him to you to visit you when you were? Yeah. And that's good that they did that. Because mm-hmm. some people will be like, no, he's not coming near you. Yeah. You piece of shit. Yeah. 
I had a lot of visitors and really though if I was to do it again like god forbid I don't want to commit any more crimes like I'm done <laughs> committing crimes but if I was to do time again I would much rather not get visits because when you're in there how I did my time and did it without being sad and depressed was out of sight out of mind I didn't think about anybody home I just focused on what was the people that I was friends with in there, the people that I was hanging out with. So that's how I did my time. Yeah, because once you think about like, and when you get when you get visits like three hour visits, and you just like want to go home with them. Yeah. So it sucked. I bet. It does sound like it sucks. Um, when you got out, was it hard to like? Did you have to find a new group of friends because all of your friends were like... Yeah, drug addicts. Yeah. Yep. I um, thankfully had like, you know, Haley and mm-hmm. Emily. They didn't do drugs and they were still like supportive of me while I was in and when I got out. So I mainly just hung out with them. That's good because when something like that happens and you realize like who's really there for yeah. you and who was just there for you to get high or whatever. Yep. So that's good that they're your friends. That's the only reason also. The only reason why I stayed clean and how it was so easy to stay clean. First of all, I was gone for two years. So the drug dealers that I was getting drugs off of when I was in there, two years later were already busted and then stopped selling drugs. And there was new drug dealers. So I didn't know where to get drugs at. Mm-hmm. And I stayed away from the people that were currently using. So I didn't, you know, fall back in that habit. Right. Yeah, that's good. Are you ever afraid to, like, tell people that you meet that you've been to prison? Or, like, been a drug... Um, I don't want to say druggy, but druggy. Yeah. Well, I don't really meet people. <laughs> you know? I don't have friends. <laughs> well, you know. I do know, yeah. So, I... Okay. Levi, I told him, my husband, I told him, like, right when I met him, like, yeah, this, this is, what, is, happened. This is yeah. what happened to me. Yeah. And then, um, like, his mom was real judgy, so, like, didn't want me to be with him and stuff like that, but... Which, I mean, is understandable for a mother. Right. But now... She's and I was, at you. that point, I think I was out of prison for, like, six years, so... You know, yeah. I mean, it's like a cloud that just stays with you. No yeah. What. Is it hard? Like, from your, you know me. I know you. Hi. Is it hard to believe that about me? Like, do I? Because people are always like, "Well, when I fit, when I found that out about you, you don't seem the type." Which I don't really know what the type is. They're like, it doesn't really seem like you did. I mean, if I didn't know you, but just by looking at you, yeah. And someone was like, yeah, she's been to prison. I'd be like, yeah, because she's really pretty. Because, like, a lot of girls that go to prison are, like, butchy, nasty type of women. Not to, I'm not trying to stereotype anyone, but no. Yeah. Uh, That's, like, when I got out and people were like, yeah, I can't believe you're on parole. What'd you go in for? And I tell them, like, kidnapping and armed robbery. They're like, what? (laughs) You did that? (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, 
like when I would explain this episode to like my cousin Zoe, yeah, I'd show her the pit. Like she'd be like, "Who's Ashley?" And I show her. She's like, "Nuh-uh, this no way." Yeah, I get that a lot. I got that a lot. A lot of people were like, "What? I can't believe you. You're lying. You just know how to take care of yourself." Yeah. And you didn't fall back in that habit. Yeah. Which I'm really proud of you for that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Anytime. <laughs> um, when did you... Well, you just answered that one. Um, did your family support you in your health... In your healthy way with your recovery? Like, yeah. That's good. Um, my biggest supporter, like, for me as a person was my grandma Judy. Like she um she's the one in Florida. No. No. She's the she's one She's the one that lives here. Okay. Yeah. I mean both of my grandmas did, but my grandma Judy really like she would write me and send me cards like almost <clears throat> every day. Oh. Yeah, I could call her. I she always had money on the phone that I could just call her. The only time I got sad in jail was when I found, and this is so petty now, looking back, I'm just like, ew, fuck, that's nasty. But I got sad and I really broke down and cried was when I found out Dexter was having another baby. And he was living at Michigan and Bentley was here. Without him taking care of Bentley here, he just ran off to Michigan and got another girl pregnant. I was sad. I mean, you were... I was mad. I think I was more mad because he had the opportunity to take care of him, and I didn't, and he chose to run away. Did he serve any time? Or did he get arrested with you? No, but spilling some tea right now, bitch, listen. Okay, so when all of this was going down and I I was on the run and I moved out of town, I had told Dexter, like my son's dad, this is what happens. They're coming after me. The other two has already been arrested. I'm next. And I was still living with this other guy, but he was like, I was like broke down crying to him. Like, I cannot go to prison. I don't want to go to prison. Please help me. So he was like, all right, just tell me how it went down. And then, you know, I'll take the charges for you. I'll be the hero of this situation. I'll take the charges for you. Blah, 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 blah. That motherfucker paid some crackhead to take him to the detective and told the detective everything. So he ratted you out. Yeah. He turned state's evidence. He was one of, he was, if I would have taken my case to trial, he would have been um, summoned to come and testify against me on the behalf of the state. What a fucktard. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> Call Joe right now. <laughs> yeah. Call Joe right now. And then so he ran. He ran because he didn't know when we were getting out of prison. He ran to Michigan because he was scared of my co-defendants. So, yeah, bitch. Wow. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad that I went there because I wouldn't be clean today if I didn't. No. And I don't think we would have met. No. Levi probably wouldn't have dated you. No. And then you probably wouldn't have needed a job. Exactly. And then I probably wouldn't have hired you. And then we probably wouldn't be sitting here making this podcast. I probably wouldn't even be alive right now, to be honest. I'm glad you went to prison. Me too. Because it it was an experience. The way I look at it is it made you who you are today. Yeah. It made you stronger and it made you realize, like, what is more important than drugs in your life. I needed to get clean. I didn't... I wanted to get clean. I just didn't know how. And I wasn't about to set 
sign myself up for re- you know recovery rehab mm-hmm. I wasn't that far gone yet like I was like no I'm gonna get high today instead of go get clean so it needed to happen but I couldn't do it for myself you know right it it's had to like, be done for myself it's like wanting to go to the gym yeah. it needs to happen but you're never gonna go <laughs> Unless you get locked in a prison that's full of gyms. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to do it. They, yes. 100%. <laughs> that is exactly how it is. What was it like being a single mom in recovery during the custody battle? Okay. So, the ba- my custody battle caused me a lot of... Um, thoughts of like using but I never did I I wanted to just be like I'm trying so hard like I, I tried everything I jumped through so many hoops through the court my, my biggest thing against me was not having stability and like having because I moved a lot right well I had to I mean I couldn't get it I couldn't find a place that would rent to me so I had to move with people that would let me stay there and work but I I don't know it was just really hard it was difficult finding I just wanted my own place and I wanted my son you know yeah so that was the hardest like that was the hardest part was staying clean while going through this right that's the only thing that made me want to try to like want to get high I never did but it's the only thing that like made me depressed enough to you know Right. Yeah, because you didn't have the one thing you wanted. Right. And then I had to, like, learn how to be a regular adult again and be a a sober mom. So it was just a lot of learning. Yeah. Reliving things you thought you had figured out failed, so you had to learn how to do it the right way. Yeah. Okay, everyone. The code word is... Yay! Post-its. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Okay, how is your son, or how did your son cope with the situation, and did he ever, like, did, did he know about your sentence? And like, yeah. Does he still remember it to this day? Yeah, because when we were when we were going over this, and we thought this was going to be a topic, I went home and I asked him, I was like, hey, Bentley, do you remember visiting me while I was in prison because I've always been honest with him about that and why I went because I don't want to shelter him or hide him hide that from him and him find out later and be upset with me so I was always honest with him about like what happened and I asked him I was like hey do you remember visiting me and I swear this kid I think I was like he was three when I got out this kid remembered exactly what the visiting hall looks like and this was just a couple months ago I asked him and he he described like exactly how it was because in prison you're allowed to have contact visits which mm-hmm. means you just sit at a table like we're sitting at and we just talk or we can hold hands or you know hug kiss whatever but like he could sit on my lap the whole visit we could go play with like toys they had toys for kids there so, like, yeah, he remembered everything. That's crazy. Yeah. Three years old, can you remember it? Can you imagine? I don't remember anything from being three. No. That's I crazy. mean, eventually I think he'll forget, but right now he still remembers. Yeah. 
Well, it's good that you were, like, honest with him about it. Yeah. And, like, the one thing that really tore me up, I don't think I've ever told you this, but when I first got out, I had supervised visits with him at my grandma's and then, you know, at his grandma's house. Well, when he would come, when I was staying at my grandma's house, he would come to his, he would come there to visit me and he would bring something from his house and he would leave it there. And I'm like, here, Bentley, don't forget this. You know, you want to play with this next week until I see you again. You're, you're going to want this. He's like, no, I want to keep it here. And then I was like, well, why do you want to keep it here? He's like, because if I keep it here, that means I have to come back and get it later on. I know. So he wanted to make sure he had some kind of like security blanket to, so that he could come back to see me. Right. Like, hey, I left my toy over there. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Aww, that's I know. So sweet. That's crazy that it a three-year-old my heart. came yeah. up with that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Sad. Yeah. That is sad. Yeah. And then from, you know, just there on, I was like, no matter <clears throat> what I do, as long as it's in my power, I'm never going to do anything to hurt that kid like I did then, you know? Like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to ruin my chances to be there for him. Right. So I just didn't. I never I never went around people. Because those people are not more important than him. Right. And I don't want to put those people above him yeah. and his needs, you know? Yeah, and those people don't care. No. They don't care about the person sitting next to them. They just care about how much dope they can get. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you learned Thank a you. valuable lesson. Me too. And I'm glad we could teach this lesson to other people. Because yeah. there's other people in this situation right now. I know. That's sad. It's very sad. They'll learn one day when they listen to this podcast. Like, hey, <laughs> I went through the same thing. Yeah. Well, if you or anyone you know is struggling with drug addiction, please call the Drug, Addi- drug Addiction Hotline at 844-244-0515. And get help. Because yeah. you can and, and it's, will. it's covered by most insurances, too. That's good. They'll find you, like, resources that can help. And there's, like, and if anybody wants to reach out with, out to us, like, through the podcast to get, a, to get, like, help through, I still have a lot of, like, outreach programs that will help you with housing and recovery and stuff like that. Like, I have a question. Yeah. Did they have, in the prison that you were in, did they have, like, the... It was when you were visiting someone, but there was, like, a window and you had to use the phone. Did they have that there? In jail. That's in jail. Jail. Okay. Gotcha. So that doesn't exist in prison. My prison, the prison I went to, which is the only female prison, they have other, like, um, pre-releases, which is where you go, like, towards the end of your sentence. It's like a get-you-adjusted-back-to-the-community. But the prison that I was in is not a pre-release. It's a... The legit prison. Like the ones here in town. It's the only female prison in Ohio. So anybody that commits a felony, if you have a long sentence, you go to that jail. You go to that prison. Okay. If you, say I go and I, I don't know, do something bad in like Kentucky. Do I get sentenced in Kentucky? Or since I live here, do I get sentenced here? Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything, I promise. Yeah. Word of advice, though, if you do go, okay. don't ask anybody why they're in there. If they offer that information to you, that's fine. 
but it's do I tell sh- them why I'm in if they ask me? Uh, they shouldn't. They won't ask <clears throat> you. It's like a unwritten rule not to ask anybody. Okay. Like no one asks you why you're in there unless you're like really friend, like close friends with those people. Okay. They're not gonna ask you. Okay. So don't ask. Yeah. Don't ask. Don't tell. Yep. Okay. Squat and cough. What's that? Just make sure you do it really hard so that they don't. <coughs> yeah, you get you're totally naked. Oh, when they're like examining you or seeing if you're bringing anything in. Yeah, from visits and then when you first get there when you leave. Squat and cough. It's uncomfortable, but just do it right the first time and you can get dressed. Okay. Don't be like, (laughs) (laughs) like actually cough. Okay. (coughs) Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. Thank you for the tip. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, everyone. This has been very fun. Thanks. You're welcome. I hated doing this. I didn't I want know, to do this. you didn't. You were very like, I'm sick. I can't. I am sick. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, be sure to comment the code word. And you will win a t-shirt. But you have that. to like and share this podcast. And you guys, the design is so cute. It is. We're going to go tomorrow, get the shirts, and then we're going to make them. And then we will post pictures of them as soon as they are done. Yeah. I'm going to wear mine all the time. Me too. And then people are like, oh my god, what's your shirt saying? I'm going to be like, it's Real Talk Tuesday podcast. You should listen. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh my god, I'm dang. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I want to shout out. I told a girl, one of my friends. Okay. I went to high school with her. Okay. She was at Glinda's daughter's birthday party. Okay. And I told her I'd shout her out because she is eight years sober. <gasps> Oh my god! Hi Kelsey! Kelsey. Shout out to you! Congratulations girl! Doing it! One day at a time. One day at a time. I've never been in that situation. But one day at a time. Yep. Be sure to listen to next week's episode is being a working mother and the struggles with it. Struggle is real. It really is real. Well everyone have a great Tuesday. And be safe. Don't do drugs. Yeah. Don't go to prison. Make Don't. sure you cough, squat and cough fast. Hard. Hard. Like, squat down, spread your cheeks, and cough. Because <laughs> then it, it'll fall out. Yeah. Whatever's up in there. Yep. What if it's like a Cheeto or something? Or you get in trouble? <laughs> Cheeto. <laughs> Why are you sneaking a Cheeto back to the prison? <laughs> what? I don't know. Guys, you're going to the hole. If anything is up in your hole, you're going to the hole. So the hole is a real thing. Yes. It's a real thing. Oh my god, is it scary like it is on Orange Is the New Black? I never went. I okay. got I got two tickets where I almost went because I was out of place. But and plus the CEO, Mr. Nephews, he was a bitch. He was a bitch, and he hated me. He wrote me up every time he saw me. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't go near whatever his name is, Mr. Nephews. Mr. That's a weird last name, Nephews. Yeah. Is he a nephew? I don't know. Probably. probably. Okay, everyone, thank you for joining us. Make sure you watch Tuesdays, and have a great day. Bye. Bye.